Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amandaman Games Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. I have no idea why my voice just went up and down like crazy in the intro, but we're, we will roll with this. This is going to be less structured than most of my other po- I feel like most of my, my, my podcasts, my episodes are not very well structured, but this will be a, a bit more, a bit less, I should say, less structured than the other ones. Uh, we're going to be talking about the top 10 games of the year. I made a video about this recently. I posted my YouTube channel. You can check it out at youtube.com slash amandaman. So I kind of went over a number of games that I loved, I enjoyed, and also went through my top 10 list. So if you also, if you just want to check it out quickly to kind of see which what games are on my list, you can also ch- you can check that out on YouTube. But we will be discussing it in more depth in this episode. I kind of want to take this time to kind of go over every single game, maybe give give certain games more praise maybe give give some uh, uh, talk about certain games that you know didn't really get that proper airtime in that video because i didn't want to keep that video quite short i don't want to go into like a 40 minute game of the year discussion so we're going to jump right in uh first obviously i went through some of the honorable mentions so my first honorable mention was call of duty black ops cold war uh, i've kind of talked about this quite a bit on my twitch stream as well and just in general, I, I just really enjoyed the game in general because of the multiplayer. The campaign was surprising. Uh, I was actually very surprised. Uh, I mean, I, I, should, I should go back and just kind of give you a, a little introduction about the game. So this is, of course, the new entry, the Call of Duty franchise. It's basically supposed to be like a, cont- a, continuation, a continuation of Black Ops, uh, just the second part. Or third, yeah, actually the second part. I think, I think they kind of put this one as canon and they remove the second, third, whatever came after the first Black Ops, which is uh, interesting. But basically the idea is that, you know, you're playing as, as Mason, I don't want to say Mason, but you're playing as a certain character and you'll find out more about it. I obviously don't want to reveal too much, but you're playing, playing a certain character and you kind of go in between characters and it's kind of following that very typical Call of Duty campaign beat. Except in this game, they actually have certain missions, certain areas that are actually so well-structured to kind of almost fit the mold of a first-person Hitman game or a first-person like kind of exploration uh, stealth game. Uh, obviously, again, like I don't want to reveal too much, but because I, you know, the game just came out just a little while back, and the game is on sale, so I I hope you do check it out, especially since it's on sale. But the campaign was quite interesting. It wasn't anything revolutionary. You know, it didn't you know make me go like, okay, this is you know the best campaign similar in the vein of of Titanfall 2 or Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 or anything like that or even Black Ops the original one but it was it was interesting enough and the multiplayer was really really fun I still enjoy it I hope that they keep adding to it and they keep working on it because Modern Warfare got a lot of love the game that came out last year um, Black Ops Cold War so far is is not getting the same kind of attention in my opinion Hopefully they do kind of up that attention over time. Maybe they will, you know, it is a different year. It is a weird year right now. So maybe that's also a big reason, but it does seem like they're slowly, slowly kind of adding to it. So that's, I definitely think this is a Call of Duty. If you, if you've been playing Modern Warfare and you want something new, this is definitely like worth your time. Um, I want to quickly just go over the honorable mentions. Uh, I, I feel like we'll spend more time on the, on the actual top 10 list. Uh, but of course we had Doom Eternal. This game was actually in my top 10 list for the longest time. It was actually number... 
uh number seven number number nine sorry it was actually number nine I actually kind of flipped a lot of stuff around over <laughs> over time as i was kind of making the list but it was between doom eternal and assassin's creed valhalla that i kind of kept pushing it up and down again and again i kept they kept taking each other's spot in a way and it wasn't until a specific point in assassin's creed valhalla where i just kind of went like wow wait what like this i was not expecting that at all and that kind of propelled it to the top 10 list doom eternal i think it was great i understand there there are a lot of like you know people who really enjoy that gameplay enjoy those mechanics for me if it was more like the original or the rebooted uh doom that came out four years ago i think yeah it was 2016 so like four years ago i would have been more into that i think because this game was turning itself almost into a sort of rhythm game ish it, you know you had to do certain things to get ammo you had to do certain things to get armor you had to do certain things to get health um it made it it, it was it wasn't it was less about just kind of you know the the fun gameplay intense gameplay mechanics of the game it became more about okay I'm, I'm like i'm managing my resources now and for me at least that i understand like again that's challenging that's interesting that's something new and people like really like that like as we have seen it got nominated for so many awards and stuff like that so people do enjoy that uh, it was just for me it was fun but it, it just became so forced sometimes it just became I, like it just got to a point where i'm just like okay, I don't have this ammo, so I gotta do this. It just, you know, it was kind of like me just kind of pushing myself or forcing myself through it. Whereas in the original one or the, the rebooted ver version that came out in 2016, I was just having a fun time. I was just kind of running around, taking my time, you know, kind of just using the the world to my advantage, uh, getting certain kills, you know, getting through enemies and getting to the next area and like, you know, feeling really accomplished. Whereas in this case, certain times I'm like, oh, if there's no enemy here that I can do a certain move to, I can't get any health. I'm done. Like this, I I have to basically kind of like hope for the best. Something pops up somewhere, or like you know something like that. Like it just became so a lot of stuff. Just felt like really out of my control certain times, which like I'm sure like was not the goal, and maybe I'm the only one that feels like that. But I feel like as I was kind of thinking about it more and more, I was like, you know what? I'm actually not like I'm not actually enjoying that, enjoying it as much as I thought. I I played it. I finished the game. Uh, I haven't played the 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 expansions or or the what whatever the DLC. I don't plan to just because like I said, like I just like I, I was forcing myself. That's kind of what I had noticed. So that's why I didn't want to put it in my honorable mentions because it was a fun game overall. But it was it was a it was a fun game that I really had to force myself to. That's <laughs> weird as I sound. Um the other game, of course, is Tony Hawk Remastered 1 and 2. This was another honorable mention that I had. Uh this game I just I just only completed the first level to be honest. I was like having a great time just playing it and just like just kind of roaming around and stuff like that. But you know, like it was a game that I always wanted and now that I have it I realized that oh I just wanted this game to play this for like a couple of hours relive that nostalgia and then just say okay uh so what do I play next you know and that's it's surprising that that's what happened like I I do want to get back into the game but because there's so many games right now there's so much to play and like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking about some of the games that I'm I still need to play and I'm looking forward to playing that like Tony Hawk just kept getting pushed kept getting like down the list for me and that's one of the reasons that it was in my honorable mentions because it would it would have normally have been in my top 10 because of how much I love the Tony Hawk franchise. But it was just a game that came out with so many other games around it with, you know, new gen consoles coming out soon after that, with so much stuff coming out around that time that it just made it so much harder on me to be able to fully play this game. So that's kind of why I put in my honorable mentions because I know that it's a game I'm going to enjoy. I know that maybe like if I can just play the game properly, 
and then redo the list, it'll probably find its way on the list. But at the moment, because I had to be completely honest with myself, I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to put some honorable mentions. I haven't, I've barely played it. And me not playing it fully kind of says a lot as well, you know? The other one after that was Demon's Souls Remake. This one, of course, it, it's just it's just so hard to like kind of get through this game really quickly. Um, if most of you might have seen me or might have known me from my, my uh, got got to know me uh, on, on this podcast and everything like that through my Twitch channel, where I was streaming Sekiro earlier this year. And that was kind of where I noticed, like, I just love Sekiro. Sekiro became, like, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, if Sekiro was a game that came out this year, it would be fighting with Ghost Tsushima for, for number one spot right now, for sure. But, like, Sekiro, I just love that game. So, and of course, I love Dark Souls 3. I love Bloodborne. Uh, and, like, so because of that, I knew that I like Demon's Souls Remake. And maybe this is a controversial to say, but Demon's Souls Remake definitely felt a little bit easier. Uh, especially if you have played Dark Souls and you have played Bloodborne and you have played Sekiro, there's certain things because they kept the overall mechanics very similar. They just put like a nice layer on top of the game so it looks nicer. To me, it felt a lot easier because the mechanics hadn't kind of updated in a way or kind of caught up to what we have now. And because of that, I was like, yeah, this is a fun game. There's obviously certain puzzles in a way you got to figure out with certain bosses, which I really like. You know, it's not just a simple thing of, Okay, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying until a boss uh, with a boss until you win. It's more about, hey, what can you do here? Maybe you should try something else here. Maybe you should try this. And I, I just like love that. I'm like, wow, this is so good. Like, I want This is at least a new way of me, uh, to, for me to approach a boss. But it was the same thing again. It was it was a long game. I've already put in like a number of hours, and it's like okay, but you know, I need to play Assassin's Creed. I need to play this. I need to play that. I need to play this. Like there was just so many other games that I'm like, okay, look, I want to play Demon Souls. But again, in all honesty, I was like. If I did really, really love this game, if it was really, really calling back to me again and again and again, I would be playing this right now. That's kind of how I always view these things. Like a lot of people, it doesn't mean that you don't love that game. Like, let me get that straight. It doesn't mean that you don't love that game at all or you completely fallen off that game. But if you are really, really engaged with a game, if you're really excited to kind of go back, and obviously I'll talk about this when it comes to Hades later on. If you're really excited to go back, if you have like a small 30 minute, an hour time, and that's one of the problems with, Demon Souls as well. You can't really dedicate just 30 minutes to an hour, right? It has to be a lot more than that because of how hard it is. But like, let's say even if you have like a little bit of time, even if it's two hours that you, you want to play a game, my mind doesn't jump to immediately playing, okay, yeah, let's play Demon Souls. You know, it's it's more like, oh, let me play Hades. Let me play Call of Duty. Let me play like something else. You know, it's always something where I can jump in for a little bit and come out. So that's kind of why I had to put that there. Uh, same thing for Crusader Kings 3. I, I got in and immediately saw, wow, this game is so vast there's so much to this and it was again a thing of okay i'm playing crusader king 3 but i need to check out wasteland 3 i need to check out this other game i need to check out this other game and that's kind of why this game also got pushed back and i wish i wish game companies would i and obviously like it's like kind of wishful thinking this this will never happen but like sometimes there's such huge gaps in, in between game releases that i'm like why don't these kinds of games come between and, and during that time you know, like that's always like an issue. It's like it's Crusader Kings 3 again came out at a time when other games were coming out around it, which I wanted to check out. And also just games that I just wanted to play or like Ghost of Shima, which I was like slowly playing it and chugging along and kind of trying to platinum. Like there was always stuff around it that I'm like, okay, like if, if, if I had like all the time in the world, then I could probably find a way to play this game. But, you know, if you release a game and there's, uh, it's, it's long, it takes time. You have to de- dedicate a lot of time to it. It's it's hard to kind of fully dedicate yourself to that game, and that's kind of what I know with Crusader Kings Three as well. Like I just wish it came out at a time 
when there was no other game, there were no other things out at that time, and it would have been a lot better. Uh, and see that that's kind of why again I put it in my honorable mentions, but you know, but still like it kind of kind of counters that whole point with with Destiny Two Beyond Light. You know, Destiny Two is very simple that way. So it's the same thing as what Destiny Two was before with the previous expansions and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the reasons I love the game. I love going back to it. It's just a game that's always there. It's a game that like. Once I've kind of gone to other games and I can't find the right thing to play, it's a game that just kind of calls back to me like, hey, there's a new expansion. There's this new thing here. There's some new loot. You're like, okay, you know what? Whatever. Let's do it, you know? And for that reason, it's also not in my top 10 list. It's, also, it's only in my honorable mention because it's still the same. You know, the story is good. The story is cool. You know, they have added like cool stuff, but it's still not like to the point where I'm going to say, okay, you know what? This is in my top 10. So it, that was one of the reasons I was like, yeah, I need to kind of mention Destiny 2 because it is something that's that's really surprised me that it's been kind of calling to me this way and it's kind of always found a way to kind of come back. But, you know, I, I, I'm just waiting for that time. I'm just waiting for that Destiny 2 story or Destiny story in general that really pulls you in kind of like a mix of Forsaken mixed with Taken King mixed with Beyond Light, just a combination of all three amazing campaigns kind of coming together in one package and I think that will be the thing that will make me say no you need to get Destiny you need to get Destiny right now so now we can of course go into the actual top 10 games of the year list that I had so number 10 was Animal Crossing New Horizons this was honestly at was at around like number three or number four initially and I was having I have a conversation with Sav Silva and she has put in like hundreds of hours in Animal Crossing and I've probably put in maybe 50 or 60 and that's obviously still a lot of time. But she was kind of talking about that, you know, like I really enjoyed that game initially when it came out for like a month or so, but then I fell off immediately. I completely dropped off that game. I was like, nope, I'm, I'm good. I've got my fill. And she was like, yeah, like, but it's not, it doesn't seem like, like looking at all the other games, it doesn't seem like it's a game that I'm, I actually really, really love that much because it was initially like really, really high up on that list. And I was purely putting it up there because of, you know, how big that game was how into that game we were when it first came out. And I was like thinking about it, and I'm like, that's true. It's not a game that even up to this point has lingered with me, has kind of gone to the point where I'm just like, oh my God, Animal Crossing, that's such a great game. Like I, I, I do think it's still a great, great, great game, which is why it's in my, in my top 10, it's number 10 right now. Uh, but it was still not a game which made me kind of kept, like kept me kind of thinking about it, kept me wanting to go back in for a bit because that's the type of game it is. It's not a game that's, there's a start to finish and you know and like it's done it's a game that's you know there's a lot to do and you're supposed to be going back you're supposed to be working on your island and kind of improving stuff you're visiting your friends and everything like that but for me i i had a sharp drop on that but like i did want to bring it up and i put it on the list because of how impactful that game was and how big that game was and how into that into that game i was for the first month or so so that was kind of one of the reasons i put animal crossing new horizons i mean anyone that's buying a switch and has never played an animal crossing game like you'll really love it. This was Safsil's first Animal Crossing and she loved it. Like she was, like I said, like she's put in hundreds of hours into that game. It it took her like almost like, I don't know how many months to finally drop that game and start playing Breath of the Wild. But up to that point, this was all he was playing. Cause that tells you how amazing that game is, how, how amazing that game is. Uh, but of course it doesn't mean that it's a game that's gonna stick with you uh, like the way it did for other people's, but it's definitely worth, you know, giving it a shot at least if you can. Of course, the problem with Nintendo games are they, they, they never drop in price. So that way you always have to kind of be watchful and maybe like look at a few reviews and stuff ahead of time. Uh, number 10 was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It was so interesting. Like I, I kind of brought this up on my on my stream as well. When I 
first came into this year, thinking about like all the Ubisoft games coming out, there was Watch Dogs Legion, there was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Immortal Phoenix Rising as well, which I haven't played yet. But th- these three games were coming out, and these three games were coming out in very quick succession. Leading up to it, Watch Dogs Legion with the trailers and everything looked amazing. I was like, yep, this is a game. This is going to be... I'm, I love Watch Dogs. I love Watch Dogs 2. Assassin's Creed Valhalla looked the same as Odyssey and Origins. I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be the same thing again with a, just a new coat of paint and a new location. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm so done with this RPG, Assassin's Creed. I just need something new. I just need them to go back to the old Assassin's Creed. Watch Dogs Legion is going to be the, the game. It's going to be the big Ubisoft game that I'm excited for. And I just it's so surprising that it just kind of reversed. Where Watch Dogs Legion, the story and everything was not good. It was not too interesting they had some good moments but the gameplay was not that fun i as maybe they could have improved it or whatever but there was just moments in watchdogs legion which i just felt like okay like you give me the option to stealth but then in the end you still make me fight like five waves of enemies it makes no sense but like looking at Assassin's Creed Valhalla again going over from watchdogs legion looking at Assassin's Creed Valhalla i really loved the the setting that I, I did not expect to like love it as much because I, I, I love the Greek setting. I love the Egyptian setting. I was not I was not expecting to like this, you know, Viking Scandinavian setting as much and like even England setting and all that. But like I was surprised by how into it I was, how that land and like the vastness of that land kind of worked in, in favor with this type of game, the type of game this is. I love the music, uh, the characters. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are okay. Voice acting is, is not... Uh, it's, uh, it's good but it's not amazing it's not as good as what we saw with odyssey and origins in my opinion but it's still really really good and overall i just it just became a game that i just keep coming back to and i'm like really interested i'm really interested to kind of see the whole story through i'm like 40 hours in so that's kind of why obviously even i, I put it on my number nine list like i doubt that anything will push it off because like it's i'm already kind of invested in the game but it was it's a very long game and i think that's one thing that's kind of causing it to kind of stay on the lower side of that of the list uh is the the they ubisoft just needs to understand or prioritize quality over quantity you know and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be talking about this in another episode which will be also coming out very soon but you know the the problem was sometimes a lot of stuff was just put in as just filler it just felt very bloated and i'm just like okay like is this really necessary like I've put in 40 hours and I'm pretty sure within this time frame, you could have finished the entire game. Like you could finish the story you wanted to tell, but you just wanted a game that people keep playing and maybe spend some in-game currency for, for the skins and for the XP boosters. So like, I, I don't know. I just I just wish like Ubisoft kind of went away with that mentality of, okay, let's make another 100 hour game. It's like, okay, like I get it. Like I get what you're trying to do, but if it's 100 hours of valuable, awesome time in the game, I get it. But if it's just blowed, it's not it's not fun anymore. Uh, the next one is the Pathless. This was surprising as well because, like I said, like I was not expecting this game to be anywhere on my list. I just thought, okay, yeah, you know what? This could be a fun game to play. It could be a fun Platinum. But the story was interesting. The story was cool. The gameplay was really fun. Uh, I It's available on iOS as well. So I haven't, I haven't tried it on, on iOS. I've only played it on the PS5. But it was surprising by, surprising like the, the gameplay mechanics, like you're basically running through this vast like land and you have like a bow and arrow and there's like these little symbols that are all over the land. And as you shoot them, you gain speed. So you, so you can basically go across this land really quickly just by shooting, shooting these symbols as you're going and you kind of get into like a rhythm as you do that. And obviously that also plays a role with certain boss fights, stuff like that. So like it's there's not like a lot of like uh battling uh, like there's not 
you know, you're not going to be facing like hordes of enemies or waves of enemies or anything like that. There's obviously like bosses that you fight, but the bosses, the way it's designed, the fights, the way they're designed, you can see, you can tell that it's, they, you know, worked on each section of those things, uh, of those boss fights and everything like that. And it, it just feels very fluid. It feels really good. The way it comes off, the way it plays and the story and everything is really cool. The puzzles are interesting. Uh, I know I read a lot of places that the puzzles were repetitive and they are repetitive in a sense, but, but it's not like a, a bad repetition. You know, it's still a really fun kind of, kind of gameplay mechanic. It's kind of like the fun puzzles. So I, I, in my opinion, at least it was still good that way. Again, that's just me. But overall, like the Patlas did very much surprise me. I think that's definitely like worth anyone's time because it's so cheap as well. And it's a very quick game. You can platinum the game as well. And like, I feel like games like this also deserve some screen time because everyone kind of focuses on all these big titles that last for hundreds and hundreds of hours. I, I should also kind of let you know that the Patlas was relatively expensive price-wise. It was, at least in Canada, it was like around 54 Canadian dollars. And you know, like it's, it, it, that's a that's a little steep for the game like i i, I planned the game and i probably put 13 14 15 hours i can't remember what the exact amount was but you know that's so obviously you know that's what, what it will take to kind of plan the game and that's how many hours you will spend in it so just kind of think about that beforehand i don't know if the game's on sale but just kind of wanted to like put that out there as well number seven the last of us part two i know this one obviously Safsil and i we we did a whole thing we did a whole conversation about this like the spoiler cast and everything and we we love the game. I will stick by what I say that this should have been a part three. They should have done something in between, and then this whatever the story was here. Again, I'm not gonna obviously not gonna ruin anything for anyone, uh, but this should have been part three in a trilogy, and it would have been it would have made perfect sense. I feel like they rushed it. They rushed into it. They they tried to do something with the game that made you that wanted you to feel a certain way. But they forget that, okay, not, you know, like, I understand what they were trying to do. I, I understand what they were trying to do with you as a game player, kind of looking at different perspectives in a game. Um, obviously, I'm trying to be very careful in terms of what I reveal, what I say, and what I talk about and all that. Uh, so they were obviously kind of working on trying to reveal all this stuff and, and kind of reveal both sides. But I think they also forget that people like myself played the original Last of Us day one when it first came out and was so excited to see the next journey in this franchise, to see, you know, like what happens in the series next. And to kind of just kind of change that, change the dynamic in a, in a way is what I was like, okay, like I get what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do and I appreciate that. But you could have easily have made this a part three and it would have been so much more impactful. You could have made something something else in between. It just feels like it was so rushed. Like, like I don't know if it was done for a certain reason, if it was done for a, to, to re, to kind of create certain emotions, certain people. And, you know, I've, I've noticed more and more, again, this might be a video for another time, but I've noticed more and more that for some reason, games that are supposed to be super cinematic or are supposed to be all emotional and stuff are the games that are supposed, like, you know, are the ones that people are supposed to love and are the ones that get game of the year awards and stuff like that. And, you know, that's again, like another video for another time. But like, I don't know if it, if it was done for that. Like, I appreciate the cinematic storytelling in video games. Like, I'm a big fan of Uncharted and The Last of Us, like I said. But like, sometimes it feels like it's very forced. It's like, okay, you don't, this, you don't need to force this on people. You know, sometimes it's okay to make a fun video game or a good video game with a good story rather than making 
a, an amazing story with a video game part of it being second, right? So that's again my opinion, and I feel like Last of Us Part Two still deserve to be on my list because, like I said, like I couldn't stop playing the game. I really enjoyed that game overall, even with my uh, feelings about the game. Uh, the gameplay was uh, was very similar to what it was in the past. It was obviously like the animation and everything looked amazing, but it didn't do anything revolutionary with the gameplay, which it didn't really need to. But that's kind of where I was like, okay, the gameplay is very stable. It's okay. But then like the story is where it kind of, you know, deviates in a sense where I have to kind of make most of my judgment from. So based off of that, I was like, okay, no, it has to be, it has to be number seven in that sense. Number six was Astro's Playroom and talk about a free game. Like this is a free game on your PS5. You get this on your PS5 ready to go. And this is number six on my list. I mean, I love this game. I'm so glad that Sony put this on every PS5. I'm so glad that they let the team, I think it's Team Asobi. I could be saying that wrong. I apologize, but they gave them kind of full reins in terms of how to approach this game and how they can kind of bring in things or characters from different PlayStation universes. And I love that. I love this game. This game kind of shows you or did a proper showcase of your console. And like, I just, even now I keep thinking about this game and the vivid memories, even though it's only been like a month or so, but it's giving me these intense, vivid memories of me first opening up my PS5, plugging it in, playing it, realizing what it can do to the controller and being so happy and being so like, you know, just so satisfied with what I could do with that controller, what I was, ha what I was seeing in front of me. And like, for that reason, like Astro's Playroom was just so surprising. And like added to that, the fact that they added a speedrun mode at the end, that you can kind of go through these weird challenges across specific levels and they will, you know, you have a timer, you can compete with your friends. And obviously the speed of the game, like when it comes to loading and everything like that is amazing. The DualSense features, like just I, overall, I think Astro Playroom was just a game that was just, it just needed to be there. It needed to be on the PS5. And like when you play it and when you complete it, you you can kind of you can kind of admit being like yeah you know what this was this was perfect good like amazing job you know and I'm I'm hoping that they make like a proper game I'm more than willing to pay full price for a game if they make like a proper like twelve to fifteen or twenty hour game like I'm so down for that I will, this is a game if you give me hundred hours of this kind of game I can play this game all the time but don't, don't worry we're gonna talk about quantity versus quality in another another podcast uh, number five of course Sackboy a big adventure this is very similar to Astro's Playroom, where I didn't really expect it to be this amazing. I was like, okay, Sackboy like Big Adventure is kind of copying that Super Mario 3D World kind of a gameplay mechanic, uh, adding Sackboy into the mix. It's obviously meant to get the younger audience into the game, uh, into into the Sackboy universe, and just on the PS5, right? And obviously it has a multiplayer component too. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get this. I have a second controller. Me and Staff still wanted something to play. We'll play this game. And as we were playing, we were just so surprised by how fun, how much fun we were having. This game just really, really surprised us. And I was, even now I'm just surprised. I'm like, why are people not talking about this game? Like it's, this game just kind of has slipped through the cracks and, and people are just kind of completely like avoiding talking about this game. The music is amazing. The gameplay is fun. If you're playing with someone, it's the, the greatest time ever. And they just added an online mode as well. And even once you face a game, there's like a whole end game component to the game as well. There's so much to do in this game, you know? So I don't know. I think this game is 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 unfortunately just being kind of left behind, uh, mainly because of maybe it didn't get enough media coverage or just because people, based on what people can see, same way, I kind of felt uh, fell on this as well. You know, I kind of felt this way initially as well when, I saw the game initially, I was like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. This is just going to be their new knack for the PS5. It's not going to be anything impressive, anything different. But I'm so glad that I decided to kind of 
take that leap and try this game out because it just became one of my favorite games of the year and I just love it. And I, I, I do want to get back into it and maybe try to platinum this game, but it, it, platinum the, the game is, is relatively tough. But I, it, it tells you how much I love this game that I want to go back and try to platinum a game like this. Uh, the next one, number four, Hades. Oh my God. Talk about this. This is what I'm talking about, about a game just kind of wanting you to play. It, it's it's a game that like I, once I was done, like I, I kind of brought some in the video. I, I played this game initially when it was in early access and had a good time. And I, I got it on early access because I, I just couldn't stop hearing about the game. Everyone keep, kept talking about it. Everyone kept saying, oh my God, it's awesome. Oh my gosh, it's really cool. But it was obviously not done. A lot of stuff was missing in that game initially. And I played it and I was like, okay, this gameplay is fun. I, I like the game. But like, I just, you know, I wasn't able to kind of get into it. I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But then when version 1.0 was out and like more recently, I was like, you know what? I want to get back into Haiti. Let me check it out. All of a sudden, I just... It just it just felt so complete and so like it just I don't know it's like it's it's I don't know how to describe it exactly but it felt like a competent video game. It felt like you know it rewarded you in the right spot. It felt like the gameplay worked perfectly. Like it was flawless. It you know every time like you get killed or you die, it it always felt like okay you know what I made a mistake there or you know what this didn't happen therefore that's why I, I got killed. It never felt like it was like the game messing with you. It was more like okay I should have done this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have been greedy here. And it was just such a great game, and I love. It was a game that, like, it's, I, I feel like you know, this is kind of what they describe Tetris Effect, right? Where you kind of keep thinking about uh, the game of Tetris. I think that's what how that that word came to be. I think uh, it, that, that's what happened with me with Hades. I kept thinking about that game when I was not playing it, and this is what I was talking about about how a game keeps calling you back. You know, it calls you back. It keeps telling you to come back and hey, play play a little bit more. Just play one more round, and that's kind of what what was getting me with Hades. They kept calling me back and again. And even now, I've kind of completed the game, uh, but you there's, there's, you complete the game, and then there's actual the actual true ending of the game where you need to kind of complete the games a number of times. It's almost like you have to do like new game eight plus nine or something. Like that. I don't even know how to do the like the basically you gotta you gotta beat the game like eight or nine times I think, and then you will finally get the the actual ending. So like I'm I'm still like you know wanting to do that even though I have I've kind of technically finished the game in a sense. I'm still excited to kind of go back and. I think that's why it's a game that, like, looking at the price as well, I'm, I'm like, I look at the price, I look at how well the game is made, I look at the story, and I look at, like, how great the gameplay is, I'm like, wow, this is such a steal, it's on discount right now, and, like, for $20, at least in Canada, it's $20, oh my god, this is, like, this is actually a steal, like, this is a game that I feel like everyone should try, especially at that price. Number three, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I mean, I feel like, a lot of people are already huge Final Fantasy fans. I got into the game. I got into this specific game or Final Fantasy VII, I guess, very, very late. I was not able to get into the original Final Fantasy games. I think it was just way past. Like I, if I had maybe gotten into Final Fantasy when I was younger, it would have worked. I think my first Final Fantasy game was Final Fantasy thirteen, and I know like uh, a few of my friends that are big Final Fantasy fans were really upset by <laughs> when I said that. You know, but I, I couldn't finish thirteen. I couldn't really get into it. Um, I played 15, I finished 15, but again, like I, I, I thought it was great, but you know, again, it wasn't something that really, that I really enjoyed to that, to that amount. Uh, Final Fantasy VII surprisingly really, really got me in. I was surprised, but initially I wasn't sure because I was like, okay, is it going to be, you know, more of what the original Final Fantasy VII was like? Is it going to be more of that turn-based uh, RPG, which I don't mind. I've, I've, I, you know, I really enjoyed Persona 5 and stuff like that. But you know, like I did, I do like the more of the action RPG kind of a style when it comes to these games. And that's kind of what they did. 
and it surprised me that okay like you know like well, that's one thing the gameplay is one thing gameplay is fun i'm having a good time but the other thing was the story and the story when it comes to final fantasy games i i always just get lost in i i've, I've like final fantasy 15 i just remember after a while i'm like okay what the hell is happening i have no clue what's happening anymore whereas with final fantasy 7 remake it was just so well done it was it was it told you a story in in like almost like small small chunks it kind of gave you time to kind of take everything in kind of give you breaks in between and i was like okay wow they they know people like me they they know who they're aiming this game at and i was so happy that they kind of targeted people like myself i guess and it's surprising that this game is part one because it almost feels like a proper contained game in its own uh, but I'm excited to kind of see what happens in part two now. I'm, I'm kind of really into this game. I want to see what happens with the series. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in the future. Hopefully they release like a PS5 uh, patch as well. Maybe they can like, you know, to kind of uh, increase the, the load times or maybe just up the game, maybe run, make it run at 60 FPS. Because that, that could be pretty cool. Number two, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I mean, this was, this was no doubt in my brain. Like I loved Miles Morales. I loved the original Spider-Man. I platinum Miles Morales. I've platinum the first game. Spider-Man, like, it, this was honestly initially going to be my number one, and obviously, like, you'll know what my number one is very, very soon based on the list I've said so far. But Miles Morales, I mean, it does everything what Spider-Man did. Uh, it just kind of adds to it with some, you know, extra powers, extra gameplay mechanics. It, it takes away certain gadgets and certain things that you can use, uh, which is fine. It takes away certain puzzle puzzle, uh, puzzle quests that you had in, in Spider-Man. So you don't get a lot of that, which I kind of enjoyed. I don't know about others, but I kind of enjoyed that extra kind of like questing that you have in Spider-Man. But again, for what it's trying to be, it's supposed to be kind of like a standalone Uncharted Lost Legacy type game for the series. So based off of that, like it was a great story. It was a great game, great characters, and the gameplay and everything was just so fun. Like, I mean, I, if, I feel like if you enjoyed the first Spider-Man, if you really like that, this is a no-brainer. Like you'll enjoy this. There's... There's nothing that this game does that will take away from Spider-Man or the first Spider-Man, but at the same time, it doesn't do anything revolutionary, which makes me say, no, you need to get this game. You need to get Spider-Man Miles Morales, like, specifically. I think this is kind of going to, like, be in my personal list. Like, Spider-Man Miles Morales for me was amazing, but, like, if you didn't like the first Spider-Man, you will probably not like this. It's not going to change your mind in any way. But I think most, from what, in terms of sales and everything like that, from what I can tell, Spider-Man was loved by everyone, so I think that way... Miles Morales should be up most people's alley. Number one, of course, Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, what a game. Again, like I said, like Last of Us Part 2 was, in my brain, a shoe-in to be number one the way it was going, but it was just from, because of certain things that happened, and like it was kind of, it got kind of, it got pushed down, but then when Ghost of Tsushima came out, I was like, okay, like this could be, the way it was being received by people at that time before the game was in the hands of, of, of the consumers, in the hands of us, <laughs> in the hands of the consumers, um, it, it felt, it was like, okay, it was just another open world game, kind of like Days Gone. In open world, there's a checklist that you just do things here and there, and you kind of chug along through the story. But it was so much more than that. First of all, the gameplay is amazing. The gameplay for Sekiro was great, and for Ghost Tsushima is, like, I, I'm not going to say it's as amazing as From Software games, because From Software games have a certain rhythm to them. But Ghost Tsushima is, is right up there. Like, it does such a great job with the gameplay mechanics. Like, I wanted to keep playing i wanted to keep playing just because of the amazing sword fighting you know you felt like a samurai when you played this game the second thing was the story the story was actually really great anyone that says that you know the story was not that good like come on like what do you what do you i don't know at, at that point like these people are, are you like martin scorsese or something i don't know like i don't know like the the types of uh the, the weird like bars people set for certain games but in terms of, of this story it was a very good well-told story 
for a video game and like the way they showed everything like i said like sometimes you know video games just need to be video games like you don't need to tell me a cinematic movie story like i have movies for that i have filmed for that you know like that's fine but like i'm i'm completely okay with this being a video game with a video game story and being a good emotional story at that and like that's what it did really really well the other thing was that the the game focused so much on trying to basically remove everything from the screen the whole point of, of like the using the wind as a guiding system was to kind of say look look around you for one stop looking at things stop looking stop getting distracted and just look around you look at your surroundings and and i really appreciated that i i don't think i've seen a lot of games do that but maybe this is just my interpretation of it but ghost of shima kind of does that it kind of says that hey enjoy this look at look at look at what all the artists and everything have worked so hard to create if you see something in this is just go towards it it'll probably be something you know and it's it's just such a well such a well well made game like i don't know i'm 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 still so giddy with that game i'm so excited with what they can do next i'm really hoping they do make ghost of shima 2 like really, really soon <laughs> I, i'm hoping it it comes out like maybe they do a ghost of shima 1.5 and, and release it in two years kind of like miles morales and i'll be more than happy with that and i mean i haven't even i haven't gone into the multiplayer mode because i haven't played it that's the thing and i've heard amazing things about that so i obviously don't want to talk about that multiplayer mode because i haven't played it myself but once i do i'll definitely bring it up in a, in a future future episode at some point the other thing i want to kind of quickly talk about was games i still need to play these are the games that i feel like i should have played this year but i haven't uh the first one is immoral phoenix rising i literally just got this game because it was on a discount my sister who you can catch me with on my other podcast called fresh on the screen uh you can check that out on any platform we were kind of talking about this game and she bought uh immoral phoenix rising and she's a person that's very picky with her games she loves civilization 6 she loves breath of the wild but other than that and she loves animal crossing but other than that she hasn't played a lot of other games and she picked up Emerald Phoenix Rising and she's really, really into it. She was surprised by the writing. She was surprised by the gameplay. So I was like, okay, I need to check this out. And this game is on discount everywhere. So I feel like, I mean, if, you, if you're looking for a game to play and you have you've kind of played all the other games that I've kind of gone through over in this list, I feel like Immortal Phoenix Rising should be, should be the next one to check out. The other game, of course, is Half-Life Alex. So I have a great gaming PC. I have an RTX 2080 and everything like that. I have my Oculus. Uh, Oculus Quest so I can like tether that to my PC and stuff like that. Uh, I've wanted to play Half-Life Alex. Uh, what I'm trying to do is kind of catch up on the story again because I completely forgot the entire story. But that's again a game that I've seen amazing things just reading about it, the, the nominations, the Game of the Year awards from GameSpot for example. Half-Life Alex seems to be like, it, it's just like a VR person's dream. I think this is like the VR game all VR owners wanted. And like, they, you know, because for the longest time VR games were always these short, sweet games that you play for a bit or games like beach saber or super hot you know like it was never a, a story a full story focused single player kind of experience right and and this was the first game that's kind of doing that and that's why i'm like wow this is the game that i wanted for the longest time it's finally here and still i still haven't played it so it's on this guy right now so that's kind of the next game that's on my list as well after hopefully immortal phoenix rising if i could get through that uh that's like definitely one, a game i want to play one game that I'm playing right now is Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. This was a game that was um, being nominated by a lot of places. Uh, it's regarded as a really, really great point-and-click point adventure game by a lot of outlets. Apparently, like especially the game, the story and everything is really, really amazing. So me and Samson, we just started. Uh, we've, I think, completed a couple of acts. I think there's like five acts in total. We completed a couple of acts. It's interesting. There's a lot of reading, which is kind of going back to how I felt with Disco Elysium, where it was a cool story, but after a while, it's like, I'm just like for 20 or 30 minutes, I'm just reading a, a paragraph after paragraph. And it's kind of like, okay, 
Like, I get it. I'm, I'm reading all this. It's, it's interesting, but can we, you know, can we continue with the story, please? So, like, that's kind of the only thing that's kind of pushing me away a bit. I, I know this, this is definitely, like, a me problem. I know it's not, like, a problem for a lot of people, but I'm definitely playing that, and I definitely will see that game through. So I'll definitely check in, check back in and let you know what I think about Kentucky Route Zero once I'm done with that game. Yakuza Like a Dragon is the other game that I want to check out. I know this is, like, a turn-based RPG, and Yakuza games are games I always try to get in, but I never can get in. I don't know why. I've played Yakuza 0 for like a number of hours, but I started playing something else and I kind of fell off. I I've, I've, I remember playing Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2 like way, way back. Like just trying it and again, it was I just fell off again. You know, I have Yakuza 6. I have like so many of the Yakuza games I already own, but I just, I don't know why. I don't know what's happening or what happens to me exactly or why I get distracted or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me not being able to get into the game. You know, sometimes if you're not able to get into the game, that's okay. It's no point in forcing yourself to play a game like that, you know, like, but I do want to give it a shot. I do want to try because I've just heard amazing things. I do want to try it. And I, I have put some on this because I do want to give it a shot at some point. I, I want to try to get into some racing games because for the longest time, Dirt 5 was a game that looked very interesting. But I don't know, for that price, I was like, ah, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not that big a racing a racing fan. If there was like a new Forza game, like a Forza Horizon 5, I would be so into that because I love those kind of arcade games. And Dirt 5, that's why Dirt 5 kind of felt really good, especially in being on the next-gen consoles as well. But I couldn't find like a racing game. I'm waiting for maybe Grand Turismo 7. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that would be a game for me. If there's a racing game that you can recommend for someone like myself who's not really into racing games, you know, definitely let me know. I think that would be quite useful because I do want to try. I do want to try get into some racing game at some point, but it's just, I just haven't been able to find something. Um, I also want to get back to some sports games. I feel like I need to get back into Cricket 19 because I love that game. I, I know like not a lot of people that listen to this uh, are probably into Cricket that much, but I'm a big fan of Cricket 19. I played FIFA and stuff like that. I haven't played it this year. Uh, I haven't played NBA and stuff like that. I feel like I've kind of fell off of sports games. I feel like the closest I've been to a sports game, in a sense, is maybe Mario Kart. I don't even know. That's not even a sports game, in a sense. I mean, technically, it's like a racing game, right? But I don't know. I just haven't been able to get into a sports game for a while. Uh, but yeah, we're going to leave it there. Let me know what you think about this kind of episode. This was just obviously a one-off, kind of just me talking about you know, what my, my top 10 games of the year and stuff like that. Let me know what you think. Of course, let me know, you know, what games you enjoyed. If there's games that you want me to check out, uh, if there's something that I missed, because I know there's like a lot of games that kind of just slip through the crack and a lot of people, you know, just kind of brush over it. And I don't want to do that. You know, if there's some games that require my attention, like definitely let me know. And of course, let me know if you want me to kind of talk about certain things in another episode. If you have a question, if you want me to discuss a certain topic, I'm definitely very, very open to that. So you can email me at amandamandgames at gmail.com. That's amandamandgames at gmail.com. I know that I kind of speak a little a little fast, a little quick sometimes. I, I'm definitely working on that. I, I've noticed that in this episode as well. So trust me, I see that as well. And I, I, will, be, I will work on this. But of course, just bear with me as I kind of, you know, get used to kind of like speaking on my own with this stuff. I do kind of go on, a, on a, almost like a race course. I'm doing this again. I, I know, we're done. Thank you so much. I will see you next time. Bye.